namahi o te whare o tūranga nua ki wā, ki a koutou, ki a koutou, ki a koutou katoa. Mā te kingi, e ihi koraiti, e whakaki, ki te kaha, me te ihi, o te wairua tapu, in Jesus' name. Bring you greetings from the East Coast House of Breakthrough Church of uh, Harmony in uh, Christchurch and uh, just pray that the strength and the power of our King Jesus be with each one of you and strengthen you today and take you somewhere, take your faith somewhere it's never been before. Take your aroha, your love somewhere or inspire you to take your love, your aroha and your faith somewhere it's never been before because this is the day the Lord has made. He makes all things new. Steadfast love never ceases. His mercies are new every morning. And so the purpose of meeting together as we take that new mercies to the people of Christ, the community of your city, so they can discover there's a God in heaven who loves them. Amen, amen. So I'm Norm. This is my beautiful wife, Jess. Um, she's, uh, I've been, we've been married 43 years. Uh, to each other, <laughs> same wife, same same husband, and we have uh, we have three children and ten mokopuna, ten grandchildren. And um, thirty-two years ago, God sent us from Omaru to go to, to uh, Gisborne, to a city we'd never been before, to plant a church. And He said that church would touch the nation in the nations of the earth. And if I would just go there and serve, so we took out two children. Uh, at that time, and went there, and we've been there 32 years, and God has done amazing things. He's touched our city, touched our community, touched our nation to a degree, and he's touching nations. So we have a church in Omaru, we've got 17 churches in India, it's our biggest church, and our church reaches out into Pakistan, Chile, uh, the Pacific Islands, and into the, even into Houston now, to a Vietnamese church in Houston. What about that, eh? <laughs> And so God has done great thing. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is King. Jesus is amazing. And um, so I've known Gideon and Catherine uh, for uh, a few years, actually, coming down to the uh, conferences in Gisborne and uh, not in Gisborne, Christchurch, and, in, and just to, around the around the church and church, church conferences in the nation. And uh, love this couple, beautiful couple. So thank you again, Gideon and Catherine, for inviting us into your fuddy, to your whanau. It's awesome. We're very honoured and privileged. And all the all the leaders that we've met, and all the sons that I've met, Kiro uh, daughters, we didn't misuse felt. You know, it was just a sons' <laughs> conference yesterday. But hey, so um, so we arrived on Friday, and as I was landing on the plane, I wrote these words. As I was landing, I wrote these words. Just going to share a bit in a minute. And I said, every time in world history, God has eternal purposes to be fulfilled. Therefore, he's always on the lookout for those who allow him to use them in, his, in, this, in their time in world history. Consecration comes before deployment. If God is calling you to consecration, it's because he wants your life to be in a position where he can use you to fulfill his predetermined eternal purposes in your time in history. And he said to Joshua, Tell the people, consecrate yourself for tomorrow. The Lord will do wonders among you. Yeah. So I had no idea that uh, Gideon, you, know, you guys have been on the whole consecration uh, hikoi. Yeah. And so I wrote that as the plane was landing. I was just I got it from the Holy Spirit. And and I had until and when Gideon shared that, I, I shared this. And then uh, Jess had an encounter as well when she jumped in. Morning, everybody. I just want to say I love your church. <laughs> 
I love you as people. It's just a, been a beautiful experience for me. Uh, I haven't been as fortunate as Norm in knowing Gideon and Catherine as long as he has. I'm just getting to know them. So when I got, we got picked up by Gideon at the airport and I got in the vehicle, I was sitting in the back seat and they were talking. <laughs> And then Gideon just mentioned about the seven days consecration and what you've been doing prior to that and how he um, lay on the floor and gave the church back to God. Well, the next minute I just found myself overwhelmed and emotional and tears and I just couldn't even kind of work out what was going on with me. But um, And then Norm shared this amazing word and Gideon was saying, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. It was just lovely. What? Wow, what a welcome to Christchurch. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. It was just so beautiful. And then we arrived here for the lunch with the leaders and it just felt like it was still here. It was just so beautiful. I felt so welcome. So I just want to say thank you for making us feel so welcome. And... Um, when you do that, you're honouring, and you're honouring the gift within a person. You see Jesus in the person, and it brings things out of people. And, you know, I started getting words for people. Someone got a word for me. I got prayed for. I was thinking, wow, we're just even just in this little luncheon. This is great. What a wonderful start. And so I just um, absolutely loving being here, and I have a word for um, a young man, Phil, you were up here in that green and black checkered shirt. Where are you? Phil? Where's... where's oh, I need... Oh, right, right, you're right up the back there. Okay. Would you just stand for a moment, bro? In fact, if you're not too whakamaa, would you just come up this way? <clears throat> I... Um, It's just a short word of encouragement, but it's, a fu it's kind of funny how God starts a word. Uh, I was looking at your shirt. It was checkered. That's how I saw it. <laughs> and then I saw a noughts and crosses board. Okay. You know the, the game? All right. And he said that um, the noughts mean nothing. They're gone. They're passed away. And that you're not to think about them anymore, because he doesn't. And then he said, because the crosses, the crosses of Jesus, have taken over. <laughs> he just wants you to know there's far more crosses on that board than there are noughts. And they're the ones with the line right through them. They've won the, they've won the battle. They've won the battle for you, Phil. And so I just want to encourage you today that you're a blessing of God. And that you're never to forget that. And when you were standing up there praising God, you have such a, a beautiful, a beautiful spirit, and you've got a lovely smile, and it's just what people see because that's what's in here. Yeah. Okay. So bless you, bro. And I, I know that we probably haven't got long so I just don't want to take over but I just want to say that from um, Tarafati, uh, our beautiful Gisborne home that we've been there for 32 years I just want to say um, that they 
um, are for you here. They care about you too. When we're here, they care about you and they're praying for you as well. And it's not just from Norm and I, but it's from our, our house of God up there, our Fuddy. So, so bless you all and I hope you have a wonderful morning. Oh, you're going to blow this? Yep. I'm just going to blow this kawowo. It's just, it's a Maori flute. And um, it's not going to conjure up ancient spirits, okay? <laughs> just put it out there. It, it's, um, it, 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 it's, just, it's just an object. It's the spirit that blows through it that makes stuff. And it's not, it's the Holy Spirit is in me and he blows through this. He blows through my mouth when I speak. He blows through your mouth when you speak. It's breath, pneuma, ruach, the spirit of God. Uh, these instruments, these acoustic instruments, trumpets, it's the breath of God. There's nothing, uh, so just in case, you know, okay? And so when I blow it, the uh, spirit of God moves through it and healings begin to break out. Miracles begin to break out. I don't lay hands on many people anymore because I'm no, I don't operate in the Holy Spirit so much as I'm learning to cooperate. And he's already done the healings before I go places. He's already done the miracles. And all I'm to do is cooperate with him and call them out. And some of you will be healed right now. You don't even realize that. But the moment you move, you're going to find your body's healed. Jesus isn't going to destroy the work of the devil over your life. He has. He, he, isn't, going to, he isn't going to become sin for you. He has become sin for you that you might become the righteousness of God in Christ. You're in possession of righteousness now. Isn't that right? Yes. You're in possession of forgiveness right now. Isn't that right? Yes. The problem us we have in the West is we, we're also in possession of our healing, but we don't believe that. But we believe righteousness. We believe forgiveness. But that's a lie of the devil. And that's why many people in the West don't receive their healing because they think it's something that's got to come. But they receive forgiveness just like that. But when it comes to miracles or healings, oh, we'll have to wait for God to do that. And that's a lie. I'm here to break that lie and tell you that Jesus has already healed you. He's not going to heal you. He's not going to destroy the works of the devil. He's done it. 1 John 3, 8. For this purpose, the Son of God manifested to destroy the works of the devil. And any work of the devil, which is sickness or affliction in your body right now, it's been destroyed. And so I'm just going to blow this and, uh, and just pray for people who need uh, that breakthrough. And um, that's, we're just going to take it as it flows, okay? Broken backs, broken bodies, all my confusion, you understood, all we had to offer you was brokenness and strife. 
But you made something beautiful out of our lives. You gave beauty for ashes. There's an exchange going on right now. Jesus is exchanging your pain for his wholeness right now. Right now, in your body, your tina, and it's just your cells of your body are beginning to respond as I speak right now. I'm just agreeing and decreeing with God. He said, by my wounds you have been healed. That back complaint that, oh, there's so many just, the back complaints, so many backs, bing, 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 bing. Uh, spinal cords just straightening up, clicking back together. He gives you beauty for ashes. He's giving you oil of joy for mourning. He's giving you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And he's giving you wholeness instead of a sickness and pain. And it's an exchange. Just receive what he's giving. These are gifts, not by your might. Not up. You don't have to be holy enough. Okay. You don't have to. You just, you just got to be willing to receive because he loves you. It's our heart's love. So there's backs being healed right now. There's backs being healed right now. Oh, so many backs. What have you been doing? What's happening in this place? Backs. Back pain. Back pain. So many, some of the men yesterday had backs healed. And their shoulders, dislocations in shoulders, pain in your shoulders. And don't be afraid if you feel a hand touch you. It's the hand of Jesus. That's the hand of Jesus. Often people will see him or feel his touch. That's his beautiful hand. Thank you, Jesus. We give you glory, Lord. We give you praise. Oh, and there's uh, something in the internal, the stomach disorder. There's a swelling in there, and it's just just, just going down right now. It's just dissolving. I give you praise, Jesus. I give you glory. I give you glory. So I'm just going to call out now, who is that one that there's a back, a back complaint, a lower back complaint, that there's like burning heat going. You might not feel heat, but there's a back complaint. The, back, the lower back, it's just been healed. Just move around and you'll find it's healed. See, faith is an action. You've got to activate your faith. And uh, right now, that, that backs me. Just, just indicate to me. Just lift your hand. Who is that one right now? Just lift your hand quickly. Quickly. God bless you. Thank you, sir. There's another. Yeah, there's several backs. About five backs here. Back there, just wave your hand. Thank you. Anyone else over here? There's, there's, one, there's three more. There's three more. Lower back complaints. Another one. Another one. There we go. But there's also upper back complaints, and it's your shoulders. I want you to put your hands together like this. Just want you to put your hands together right now. Just hold the fingertip to fingertip. Thank you, Jesus. You lift that heavy yoke. Hariatu. Hariatu once. Hariatu twice. Hariatu three times. Leave in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus Christ, it goes. It go there. Thank you, Lord. Now, Lord, let your anointing, the your presence, just release that heavy burden. My burden's light. My yoke is easy. And uh, you might feel your, your arm, your, your fingers just moving. But that's the healing presence of God. Just move your shoulder. Just move your shoulders around. And you'll find it's gone. It's just gone. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. I give you praise, Lord. How many of those of your shoulder? You just move it around. And you can feel something's happened. God's touched it. There you go. There you go. There you go. Another one. Another one. So thank you, Jesus. We give you praise. And there's somebody with an internal disorder in your stomach. Put your hand on your tummy, please. Or anybody. If you've got any illness in your body, put your hand on your heart right now but there's somebody with a it's like a swelling on the inside of your puku your stomach just put your hand there now <sighs> thank you lord i just call forth what you've already done son of god i give you praise jesus i thank you, you didn't bleed for nothing you didn't die for nothing you didn't suffer excruciating pain for nothing lord by your wounds thank you jesus you healed us we give you praise we give you praise yeah, and we just release that healing right now. That stomach thing is, 
That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Something beautiful. Oh, there's an exchange going on, a divine exchange. And I don't want to make the whole meeting about the miracles and the healings. I want to make it all about Jesus, about Jesus, about Jesus. But he is the miracle worker. And you know, sometimes we worship healings, we worship miracles, we worship the ministry instead of the one who's doing the miracles. So I'm not touching you. So you can't give glory. I can't get any glory. I don't get any credit. The only one who gets any credit here is Jesus because there's no human being can do what medical science can't do. I can't heal. I'm a hose. He's the water that flows through this hose. And it's the water that gives life to the seed in the ground. It's not the hose itself. And that's what the, the, the water is the Holy Spirit. He is here. And He's so pleased with you. He's happy with you, fellas. <laughs> he's not always happy with every church I go to, I'm telling you. He's grieved. And sometimes He's insulted. Sometimes He's quenched. And, and sometimes He's despised. But he, He's pleased with you. His pleasure, his pleasure is upon you. So just, just uh, on the count of three, the first five to stand, the glory of God's going to come on you. One, two, three. Yeah, yeah. Just, just stay standing, lift your hands. Just look to God, look to Jesus. Don't talk, don't talk, don't talk. Just don't talk, just look to Jesus. Just look to Jesus, just look to Jesus. Just look to Jesus, give him glory. I tell you, you're going to spend eternity looking to Jesus, and we're learning to look to Jesus here on this short-term planet, this short-term earth. But look to Jesus. There's something of eternal significance he's doing in this house today, this morning. I give you glory. Yeah. Uh, in the Old Testament, uh, it talks about artisans, the amazing creative people. And uh, we prayed for someone the other day, uh, that was uh, that's an artist, and we just felt like that um, the, this thief was coming to rob um, their creative ability. And I just, if there's anyone here that has a creative ability and you have affliction on your body that is preventing you from being all you can be in that particular um, creative space that you have, I just want you to um, just allow me to pray for you right now. Praise you, Jesus, Father. I just thank you for the beautiful creative abilities and giftings and talents that you give your people and you give them to them to glorify your name. And so, Father, for any affliction that's on any of these bodies that have this creative spirit in them, in the name of Jesus Christ, I tell you to lift off them now. In Jesus' name, you get off them, you release them in Jesus' name. And Father, I just thank you for your anointing of your healing power flowing on their bodies right now. Whatever that affliction is, Lord, I thank you that you see it, you see it, and you've taken it in Jesus' name. And I thank you that you're restoring to them their uh, full health and wholeness and their ability to be able to create the way that you created them to be and to glorify your name with that gift. Thank you, Jesus. And please, if that was you, later come up to me and tell me. All right? Give glory to God. Thank you. If there's um, yeah, anyone here and... And your back or, or whatever, you've just been healed. And your body's free, and you know it's free. Uh, and it's been longer than a year or two years. So just put your hand up, please. Just put your hand up quickly. Put your hand up. Just indicate. just want to see, to testify is to glorify. To withhold is to dishonor. Okay? Don't withhold your testimony because you're shy. Give glory to God. The reason you're shy is because you're self-conscious. Okay? Not, and self isn't a sin. But Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you better deny yourself. You've got to be Christ conscious. 
okay? And, and don't be self-conscious. Be God-conscious, right? Yeah? So there are people healed of, of afflictions, and to testify is what Jesus looked for. And the nine, only one leper came back and gave Jesus glory. And he said, where's the other nine? Uh, he, he, he expects people to give glory to him by testifying to others. God builds their faith. Who is there here that you had a healing? Um, can I just ask you a question? What did you have wrong with you, darling? Grief. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Sure. Wow. How long have you... Right. Yep. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for sharing that. What's your name? Julie. Thank you, Julie, for sharing that. You give glory to God, but you also inspire others. And there's a reason I ask you to do that, is to give glory to God, but to let you know Jesus is in the house. And some of you are going to have to make a shift in your mindset and your theology and your understanding. You need to get into reology, not theology. Reology. If your theology doesn't work, if it doesn't heal the sick, if it doesn't raise the dead, if it doesn't change, change lives, it's not, it's not from heaven. Theology. God, God's way is real. Amen. So thank you for sharing that. And I know there are others here, but we don't have time to get everyone's testimony. But you just give glory to God. And maybe share with Pastor Gideon uh, later on, you know, the testimony. Just give him the testimonies. And only answer three questions. What did you have wrong? How long did you have it? And how do you know you're healed? Just those three questions. Please don't go and big long fucker pop of your childhood history. <laughs> as beautiful as it is, we just want the facts. Okay. I have a word for the church and I'm just waiting to share it now, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a thus saith the Lord. It's just a word in my heart that as I was worshiping, I was just sitting there. Matthew 16, 18, Jesus is building his church. He's not building your ministry or my ministry. He's not building your empire or my empire. He's not building your name or my name. He's building his church. And anyone who helps build what he's building, he will help build what you're building. When you seek first his kingdom, he will add the other things. And he's building his church. And the gates of hell will not stand against it, but they will try and resist it. They've been trying to resist it for 2,000 years, actually. And, and so he's building his church. You are the generation that he's chosen in this time in history in Christ's church, Christ's Church, you guys, there's something about to happen in this city, and I know you've, we always say something's about to happen, it's around the corner, and that's hope. Hope deferred makes a heart sick, you know. And we've heard, I've heard revival for 40 years, it's around the corner. I'm giddy of going around corners, but so when I say something, no. Something is happening. It's not about to, it is actually happening right now. Under your noses, under your mids. And you may not be aware of it. You're walking with Jesus in a way you don't know. And one day he's going to open your eyes and say, my, did not our hearts burn? Who, who was that? That was Jesus. That's Jesus. He's walking with you. And he's beginning to open eyes of those who will help build his church. Ears and hearts that will help build his church. Not your church. Not your movement. Not your ministry, but his church. And his church is a whanau, a family. It's family. 
It's not an organization, it's a family. And as there's two laws, love for God, aroha kete atua, and love for one another, aroha kete tangata. It's based on the two greatest commands. That's what church is, and that's how church operates. But it does have a system. It has apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers to help equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And this is one, this is not the body, this is a church. One of his churches, and it's the churches throughout the nation that make up the body of Christ, okay? You are not the body, but you're a part of the body. You're a church, and the churches make up the body. And so there are different churches in different regions, as there are 12 tribes of Israel, all different strengths, all different uh, uh, visions, and all had different uh, uh, abilities and uh, different purposes of God to fulfill. But they were one nation under God, and so they celebrated their uniqueness. God loves diversity. And you are a diverse church. Harmony, you are a piece of the jigsaw, of the puzzle of God for the whole city. And there are different churches, and you put them together, there's a harmony. <laughs> you put grace together, and you put uh, you know, all the different churches. When they harmonize together in God, and you realize you're a family under God, and that together you make up the body of Christ. But each church has got its different our unique personality. You have a unique personality, Harmony Church. And, but the thing is, the Lord said there's a shortage of workers, a shortage of laborers, not only for the harvest, but for building his church. Now, the church extends the kingdom, not the other way around. He formed the church on the day of Pentecost in order to extend the kingdom of God, preach the kingdom of God. And when the church was functional and going well, the impact was functional and powerful in the world. But when the church is dysfunctional, when you have dysfunctional church, you have dysfunctional sons and daughters, there are dysfunctional families in our, in our, in our communities. Because the family breakdown, values, respect, honor, all that's broken down. And so that dysfunction in the family flows through the family and they ends up on the streets and we see dysfunction in, in our community. When the house is dysfunctional, the community will be dysfunctional. God doesn't judge a nation. He judges his house first. He judges his house first. Now you think judgment is a slap around the ear or a gentle. Judgment is always corrective. It's not punitive. Judgments of God are, are corrective, not punitive. And he wants to bring his church into alignment so the blessing can increase. And so <laughs> he's looking for laborers to help build his house. So many people come and they enjoy the benefits of the church. They come and they enjoy church. But there are few that want to serve because it's inconvenient because we're time poor, because the kingdoms of this world demand our time, demand our work, demand this and that. But Jesus said, seek first my kingdom. And there's a Christianity that's based on convenience. But it's never convenient to follow Jesus. If you want to follow Jesus and really be used of him to help be the solution in your community, it's going to be at inconvenient times. <laughs> There's going to be suffering, there's going to be pain, and there's going to be a loss. There will be blood, and there will be tears. Not a good car salesman, am I? But that's what it costs to follow the one who died for us. 
And I do follow him, not because I'm great, not because I'm super obedient. I don't follow him out of guilt. I don't follow him motivated by shame or guilt or, or fear or religion. I follow him because I love him. I really love him. And that's why I'll give him everything because he loved me. And I do the hard stuff because I love him more than me. And and Holy Spirit's seeking to shift God's people into that realm out of convenience and into commitment. And he wants you to help him build his church, which is made up of harmony and other churches throughout this church, your church, not next doors. They've got a different flavor. Our church in Gisborne, we're, we're like a, I don't know, pineapple chunks. <laughs> Brown and sweet. <laughs> Down the road, they're licorice all sorts, man. Then there's another one, they're white chocolate. It's all good. But together, but together, we're the body. We harmonize because we're, fam- we're a family. We're God's family. And they're building their white chocolate church and they're building their licorice all sorts church and we're building our, our pineapple chunks church, the vision that God's given for us. And as we'll stick to what our lane, to what we're called to build together in our time and history, look at what Christchurch is going to bring forth, my God. My God, how marvelous are you. So I want to encourage you. Um, I am, the reason me and Jess were in, India, uh, sorry, in Gisborne and we're seeing... A church grow from nothing to 504 years to a city we've never been to, people we don't even know. And a four years in the morning attendance is 500. I don't know how many people are here, but this place wouldn't hold them. And I was open my eyes and said, where on earth have these people come from? They come from the gangs. They come from the streets. They come from all sorts of broken life, broken houses. They weren't church. Churches shutting down and joining our church. It wasn't musical chairs growth. It wasn't Christians from other churches getting disgruntled and coming to join our church. 90% of them were from the streets because Jesus invaded the streets in four years. And so we got a team to help build that church. And now that church touches our city, our nation, and it touches nations around the earth. But without the laborers in the church, we couldn't do what God had predetermined for us to do. God has predetermined to do something to do a great work in Christchurch through this church harmony. But it must have laborers. It has to have committed, not convenient laborers. It has to have committed laborers. It does, I'm telling you, I'm speaking it. And I served under Pastor John Ballantyne. Me and Jess served under Pastor John Ballantyne in Omaru for 10 years in the Presbyterian Church. Then we joined the Elam Church. And you know what? His vision was my vision. And it says in Luke chapter 16, verse 12, if you're not faithful in that which is another's, another man's, how can you be entrusted with your own? And I learned to be faithful to John's vision. You say, but you're under man. You, you meant to be under God. Hey, if you, when you say you're under, under God, not under man, you're under delusion. You're under delusion. Every great man or woman of God is always trained by another great man or woman. Joshua under Moses. Elijah under Elisha under Elijah, Timothy under uh, Paul, disciples under Jesus. It's a principle of heaven. Is there a doctor in the house? Is there a doctor in the house? Anyone? Okay. God bless you. 
To be a doctor, if I want to be a doctor, if I go up and say, look, I'm going to be a doctor. Oh, how are you going to get your training? I'm under God. I don't, I'm not under men. You think that's ridiculous, isn't it? So, and you say, well, I'm going, to, I'm going to do great things for God. Really? Yeah, I'm going to be a great man, woman of God. I'm going to start a great ministry. Or, or, or how are you going to do? Who are you going to learn from? I'm under God, not under man. Well, I got under my pastor, my pastor John, and he taught me to be a great man. He taught me how to be a good father. He taught me how to be a good husband. I learned from him. I wasn't under, under man, I was under God, but I learned. And there's a generation that the devil's trying to steal from the church that is saying, now you just stay under me. And it's a kumbaya Christianity. It's a convenient Christianity. It's a, it's a wishy-washy, and it doesn't establish anything. It doesn't, it's like, oh, we're all whānau, we're all family. And it's not building anything. It's not building the church. That's fellowship. It's not church. It's just fellowship. And you can fellowship with the Christians all over the city, and that's wonderful. You can pray meet. That's well. That's still not the church. That's a function of the church. Each church is meant to be a war, a, a war, a warship, not a love boat. And people want to get on the love boat sh- church instead, but she's a warship. She's a troop carrier. She, she, she's a, a hospital carrier. She mans the broken. She goes to war and brings them back in. If you want the love boat, wait to heaven. That's coming, okay? <laughs> so I'm just sharing that word that I stayed under my path and I served. And as a result, God said one day, I want you to go to Gisborne and start your own church. I says, really? I don't want to go. I'm quite happy here. He says, well, too bad. You're going up there now. This is the next level. You've been faithful on your own. Now I'm going to entrust to you a great ministry. So we went to Gisborne and we did our mahi up there. And then about 1995, the church grew so big. I thought, hmm, I think I'll go to America now. This is easy. <laughs> I think I'll go to America and start a church. I can see a church grow to 504 years. I'm, I think I might go to America, Lord, and start a church for you there. Build a big church, get a resource base, and touch the world. <clears throat> he gave me a dream after I said that. And in the dream, I saw a pastor. And I could see through the pastor's heart. I could see his heart and his head. And Jesus went up to him and said, do you love me? He said, yes. His head was going, yes. And his heart was going, Yes. And then Jesus said, would you give your life to help build my church in this town? His head went, yes, but his heart was going, nah. But he's he's going, yes, yes, but his heart was going, no, no. And then he turned to me and he said, do you love me? And I knew what's coming. I said, yes. (laughs) He said, do you love me so much you will stay in Gisborne until you finish the work I've called you to do? I went, nah, because I'm honest. Because I thought, Lord, I want to go to... America for you. He says, mm, why would you go somewhere I haven't called you? Because you'll stand before me one day, son, and I can't reward you for what you did for yourself. I'm going to reward you for what you did for me. So why do you want to go there, son? So he said, would you give your life for what I want to do in Gisborne? If that's all I, if that's, and you will never leave, you'll just stay there to do what I've called you to do, or unless I call you elsewhere. I said, yes, give me two weeks, please. (laughs) So I had to go and grieve. And I had to go and have my funeral and bury my dreams. They They weren't wrong desires. It wasn't a bad motive, but it wasn't God. It was a good 
plan, but it wasn't a God plan for my life. And so I buried it in the ground, and then after two weeks I said, God, I'm here for life. I made a covenant with God. It wasn't a light thing. I made a covenant with God. So we can't leave Gisborne until we've got 10,000 souls saved. Or he tells me, it's, you can leave, but we can't leave. I made a covenant. I can't break a covenant until he does his part. I've got to do my part. Why I'm saying that is because God is looking for sons and daughters in this house, and some of you already are here. You've already made covenant with God. Now, it's not making covenant with your pastors. Some people get scared of that. Ooh, we're not gonna, it's like a cult. <sighs> but it's not really, you know. I made a covenant with my wife. And she's made a covenant with me. Haven't you? If you're married, you're in covenant relationship, aren't you? Not convenient, covenant. So I'm not talking about making covenants with men, but a covenant with God, with Jesus, to build his church. And those who want to make covenant with Jesus to build this house, to do what he wants to do. Don't go tippy-hidey off to the latest charismaniac thing that's happening over there or the... Kumbaya, I think that's happening over there. But oh, kumbaya, my Lord, we're all one. You're not achieving anything. You're just having a good time. And it's awesome to fellowship, but it's not building the house of God. It's not, you know, I, there's lots of groups like that, and they, they don't contribute to the community. They just have great Christianese times, and they feel great and wonderful. But the community is still suffering. But meanwhile, the church, the destroyer, the warship, it's through the ties and the finances and the resources and the energy that they put in to reach out and to bring a solution to the broken and, 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 and the downtrodden and the lost of our community. She's plowing through, oftentimes with only about a 20% crew. And I just feel to give a challenge today to invite you, if you're part of this house, to not just be a convenient member of this church, especially young people. I love you guys. I want the best for you. And I've been doing this for 40 years. And I know, all the, I know so many distractions, so many landmines that will just blow your feet and you'll achieve nothing at the end of the day. Connect and make yourself faithful to God in this house. Those of you who are part of this church, if you feel that God's touching you to be a covenant member, to be covenant with God to help him build this house, it means crossover from convenience. Oh, oh, I got sport. Uh, uh, love you, Jesus. Uh, convenient. You know what? Sacrifice. Me and Jess, we had, we left our home, our security, our ministry, <laughs> our church, our family, to follow Him, to build something that's not been built before, to do something that's never been done before, to take our faith where it's never been before. And because we did that, God was able to do something we've never seen before. Do you know what? If you'll take your faith and build this house, build something that, take your faith where it's never been before, submit and commit yourself like you've never done it before, you're going to see God do something through your faith that you've never seen before. God wants to do something great in this church. He wants to do something great in every church, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm here as a prophet. I'm just saying I'm here to say God wants to do something great with you. If that's you, you want to go from convenience to, co to covenant in God, would you just bow your head right now? And you just tell God now. You just indicate to God, not to me. This ain't about me. It's about building his church. And maybe just say to him, Lord, I'm going to help you build your church in harmony. 
Amen. My time's up. No? <laughs> okay, got 10 minutes. Okay, can we put the first PowerPoint up, please? First PowerPoint, please. Isn't that all? Let's read this together. Now the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, and there was light. God said, let there be light and there was light. So God spoke and he brought it to pass. I want this message, you want a title, it's agree and decree. Agree with God and decree what he says and you'll see the stuff come to pass. Agree and decree. Um, next one, please. Uh, is that number two? Uh, I think that's the next one is um, 1 Corinthians 128 1 Corinthians 128 and it's got, got yeah let's read it God chose what is low and despised in the world even things that are not to bring to nothing things that are to bring to nothing things that are to bring to nothing see what happened uh, dear sister there she had pain in her shoulder you know, the tinnitus what did that ringing that, that was that was something that was but God brought it to nothing he brought it to nothing why because when, when God speaks he brings to nothing the darkness and brings forth the light when I speak, what he tells me, when I agree and I speak, he brings to nothing the sickness. Now, some of you are looking at me and saying, well, you carry something that I don't know. It's a big, fat lie. I carry the same Jesus that you carry. I've just learned how to release his presence. Many know how to carry his presence, but few know how to release his presence. And it's an insipid church that only gets into his presence once a week on a Sunday, but doesn't know how to carry that presence out to the broken, into the streets, into the, on, on uh, every day, Monday. It's, Christianity is a lifestyle, not, a, not an event. Amen. So I love this. Next one, please. Um, it should be the, the world and a big, should be a picture of the world and a crack through it. Uh, so just go, yeah, that, that, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> ah, nah, we'll go to the next one, bro. <laughs> yeah, we go. Yeah. Agree with God and decree, an act of simple obedience. So there was a man with a withered hand and Jesus said to him, stretch out your hand. And this guy's probably thinking, what do you mean? I'm, I'm, I'm crippled. But we would see a withered hand, but Jesus sees a healed hand. And so the guy decided to agree with what Jesus had just decreed. And it says he stretched out his hand and he was healed. Isn't that amazing? Agree with God and decree is an act of simple obedience. Next one, please. Da, 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 da. Uh, Jesus gives us beauty for ashes. He always exchanges something better for us when we've got crap in our lives, when we've got pain in our lives, and we're willing to surrender it to Jesus, he will give us something better. But sometimes the devil lies to us and says, you don't want to give that away. <laughs> you want to hang on to that. That's your comfort blanket. <laughs> no, no. So I was like that with my drugs and with alcohol and, and all sorts of uh, lifestyle dysfunctional problems. And... Um, I said, oh, I don't, I don't know. I can't live without this. I said to Jesus, have you got something better than this? Because I need my marijuana. It gives me peace. He said, I got, I got peace without drugs. I said, well, I need some. And he said, well, give up your drugs. I said, oh, okay. That's hard. So he said, no, just surrender. Make a choice not to take drugs anymore. So I was at a party the next weekend. And the, drugs, the joints were going around. 
And my mate handed me the joint. I said, no, no, no. I'm... So I, I put action to my faith. I put action to my prayer. I said, no, nah, no, nah, I'm, I'm training, bro. I, I was too shy to tell him I was a Christian. I said, no, nah, I'm in training, mate. Uh, but I wanted to take that joint and suck on it, man. And it passed around. I saw my mates get all stoned and laugh and then go down. And, and I, I left that, that weekend. I thought, wow, I, 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 I passed this week. I'll see how I'll go next weekend. The next weekend, the same thing. The joints went around. I said, no, nah, I'm training. The next weekend after that, to this day, I've never had a joint since. Jesus set me free. By a simple act of obedience, he set me free. He set me free. And do you know what the key is? The key is not warfare. The key is not screwing up your face. And The key is surrender. Surrender. And when you surrender, he sets you free. Okay, next one, please. Uh, no, we're all over the place, aren't we? Um, let's go to that, for that one with the lady with my arm around her. Let's go back. Yeah, so that's Sonia. Oh, over 32 years ago, I was, we were in a, in a camp, and uh, the first time I had word of knowledge, and the Lord said, there's a lady in this uh, group of people that you're camping with, that's, they're, they're someone, she's got cancer, and I want to heal her. So I said, is anyone here got a fear of cancer? And it was this lady. She started weeping. She said, I've had a lump cut out, and there's another one growing there. And so I prayed for her, and um, she got completely healed. This is uh, 33, 34 years later. Um, I want to tell you, there's a scripture there. There's a PowerPoint I want you to do, bro. It's number five on my notes. It's got to agree with God. Agree? No, not that one. Not that one. There we go. We got it. Okay, let's read this. I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Joel 3.10, let the weak say I am. What if you don't feel strong? And you say, I'm strong. But you, what if you feel weak and you, don't, and you don't feel strong? Should you still say it? Yes. Isn't that lying? No. But you, you don't feel strong. To say, you feel weak. But you're saying strong. You're faking it till you make it. What it is, is you're agreeing with God. You're aligning with truth. And when you agree with your feelings, you agree with your circumstances, you agree with the medical society or whatever, then he's saying, no, agree with me. Agree with me. So it's aligning with truth. It's agreeing with truth. That's what it is. But there's a, yeah, so that one there, there's another one there. Sorry, guys, I'm all over the place, but hey, come on, you love me. Put up with it. I don't come very often. Yeah. Let, let's keep going. Yeah, there, that's the one I'm after. That's, that, that's me on the beach at, uh, in Gizzi with Jesus. That's what you'll see. That's me and Jesus. <laughs> that's not really. <laughs> But that's what it feels like. Listen to that. Say it to you. Acquaint now yourself with him. Agree with God and show yourself to be conformed to his will and be at peace. By that you shall prosper and great good shall come to you. The principle of agreeing with God. Agree with God. Don't agree with your circumstances. Don't agree with how you feel. Agree with what God says about your circumstance. Agree with what God says about you. I feel like a loser. I'm worthless. No, you're not. You're precious in my sight. You're sinless in my sight. You're strong. You're full of courage. You're not afraid or dismayed. You don't have a spirit of fear. You have a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. You've got to begin to agree with God. To agree with God, you've got to know what the Word of God says. If you don't know what the Word of God says, what are you going to agree with? 
The devil will attack you. When the devil attacked Jesus, he pulled out a sword. Out of his mouth came, it is written, it is written. And he began to quote scripture. When depression comes, when despair comes, when confusion comes, when disease comes, you can't just say, Pastor, help. You can do that, but you should step into the office of the believer and agree with God and begin to quote scripture. Be gone, Satan. For I have overcome you by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. I love not my life unto the death. You pull out the word of God. You speak God's word. You agree with God. You agree and you decree. So let's go back to that other one. Agree with God, please. Oh, okay. So, okay. So this little baby, that's uh, about, about two or three minutes after he, this little baby, his mother kept bringing him to me. Please pray for my baby. And the baby was like, is in a coma for days. I went, I think three days I prayed for this kid and he never got healed. I go and pray for a blind man, he gets instantly healed. I go pray for a cripple, he's instantly healed. But this mother comes with this baby, nothing. Next day at night, I go to the meeting and she brings the baby, still not healed. And next night, brings the baby, still not healed. Like, oh, Lord. God, healing is bizarre. God is bizarre. So I'm preaching away, and this lady comes running down the aisle, carrying her baby. I said, I'm oh, not her again. <laughs> I said, hang on, Mama. Hang on, Mama. We'll pray for you. And the Holy Ghost said, let her come. Come, 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 come. And so my interpreters, they're touching the baby, and these dark Indians go white. I said, oh, what's going on here? I'm just angry at the devil's interfering with my meeting. So I just put my hand on the kid while they were having the discussion. I says, Death and hell, get off this baby now. And instantly, the little boy's eyes open like that. Bang. I thought, Far out. Why didn't you do that three days ago? <laughs> and then he just pulled himself up in his mother's arms. He's looking around. And then the interpreter told me, and the translator said, Father, this child, this child has no breath. This child is very cold. This child is a body. He is expired. This body is dead. And by the mighty hand of God, he has brought him back to life. I said, What? You know what, if, if I had known that, I would have maybe called ambulance. But all I did was agree with God by a simple act of obedience and decree. And God did something that I couldn't do. If you do the possible, God will do the impossible. But if we don't get out of our boats and start agreeing with God, then God cannot confirm his word through you. Next one, please. Next one. Oh, what, what is the next one? <laughs> I'm confused now, bro. <laughs> Where the heck are we? This is the first time I've done a message back to front. Okay, we'll, we'll stick with that one. Here's some scriptures for you to use when you don't feel strong, when you don't feel righteous. Get the Word of God and begin to speak it out. Agree with God. So use your smartphones and, and decree. Decree these scriptures. Agree and decree. Um, I was in Countdown. And I walked into the countdown. There's this lady walking around the, behind the counter and she's, her face is, and she's walking really slowly. I said, what's wrong? She says, my back, it's so painful. I'm going to have to retire. I can't walk, work anymore. And she's a youngish woman. I says, reach your hand over. And she put her hand over and I grabbed her hand. And I says, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And the counter three leaned forward. Tahi rua toru. She leaned forward and then she went like this. I said, what's happening? She said, the pain, it's gone. And she walked around. 
that woman is still working in countdown to this day. I agreed with God and decreed what he said. You're healed. And then there was another lady from countdown, actually, the miracles of countdown. <laughs> and she had a brain aneurysm. So she, she's nearly dead. She's on a deathbed. She's got the oxygen. She's hooked up to the machine. The doctor said there's no hope. So they don't come back from them. So all her grandkids around, her kids around, they're all weeping and wailing. And I went in. Jess was with me. I went in and I put my hand down under her, finger down under her hand. I said, I know your spirit can hear me. So all you need to do is agree. Say, yes, I do. And I felt a little, a little tinge, a little tweak of her hand. So I prayed for her healing. I prayed for I said, ask Jesus to let you come back because I can't bring you back. Only Jesus can. And then uh, the Lord said, okay, now leave. He said to me, now leave. You gotta hear, agree with God. And so I said, okay, see you later, Fano Kakitiano. So me and Jess, we walked, we walked out from here. As we got to about here, we heard, ah! <laughs> we turned around and went back behind the curtain. The ex-husband was standing up against the wall like it's in a ghost. He goes, oh. So I looked, we looked around. That woman had ripped her oxygen mask, come back to life, ripped off her oxygen mask. She was out of the bed, standing up, unplugging herself, saying, what am I doing here? What am I? And the nurses, the doctors are coming, sit down, you've had a brain hemorrhage. Sit down. She says, no, no, I'm fine. <laughs> that woman, that was about 10 years ago. She's walking around, countdown, she's second in charge, good ass, sweet ass. <laughs> See, agree with God. When you agree with God, you're going to have to disagree with yourself at times. And this is, the, this, is, this is the punchline. If you're going to learn to agree with God, you're going to have to learn how to disagree with your own rationale sometimes. Not all the time, but sometimes I had to disagree with medical science and just agree with what God says, that by his wounds you are healed. I had to disagree with my own rationale sometimes and just agree. Sometimes we'll be going through hell and I don't feel like praising God. I don't feel like lifting a song of praise. I don't feel like lifting a sacrifice. But I choose to agree with God, not because I'm great, but because He gives me the grace. I choose to give Him the praise and give Him the sacrifice. He works when we agree and decree, but when we agree with Him, sometimes you're going to have to disagree with yourself. Some of you who don't tithe. Some of you don't give mandatory into that work of God you need to disagree with your selfish nature it's not your money it's his and a certain amount of the finance that you are given is to be set apart for his kingdom to build his house and build extend his care it's not for you it's his money it's not mine or yours it's his and we're to use it for his glory some of you need to start disagreeing with yourself and agreeing with God don't be, don't be so selfish. There are people starving in your community. There are people broken. There are people who can't pay their power. We have a fuddy that cares. We pass through our city. We, have, we give out thousands of food parcels every year. Clothing. We help pay off, pay off bills. We help our people. This is Aroha Kete Atua, Aroha Kete Tangata. But we need money. And we need committed believers who will sow into the vision that God has given to our house. To agree with God, sometimes you're going to have to disagree with yourself. Father, we just thank you. You're awesome. 
Is anyone here that's maybe backslidden? You've been um, walking with God, but you're not walking as close as you should, and you want to recommit your life to Jesus. Is anybody here right now? I want to do this. Just put your hand. You know, your heart, head might be saying, "No, no, don't put your hand up." Well, disagree with yourself and agree with God. Now is the day of salvation. Today's the day. Is anybody here needs to wants to give their life to Jesus? Is anybody here? I did this 43 years ago. It's the most amazing, amazing, amazing life. Anyone here? Anyone want to get saved? God bless you back there, young man. God bless you. Anyone else? Just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. God bless you, young man. I see your hand. Anyone else? Anyone else? Count for a couple, wait for a couple of seconds. Okay. Uh, my young bro's at the back there. Raise your hands. Would you just say this karakia with me? Just sit there, just where you are. Just say this. Uh, Jesus, I invite you onto the marae of my heart. You are welcome, Lord. Wash me with your blood. Fill me with your spirit. And teach me to walk your ways. To be a warrior for you. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. God bless you fellas. Thank you.